Welcome to the Madera Tribune podcast sponsored by Pacific Metal Fab. I'm your host, Nugasega Brendrius, with my co-host, Tyler Takeda. And today we have a special event with some special guests uh, joining us on the Madera Tribune podcast. Tyler, do you want to go ahead and introduce who we have joining us today? Yes, we have in person, we have Tim Prater, the owner of The Waffle Spot, and on the Zoom call, so hopefully it'll come through really good, we have the general manager at Sugar Pine Smokehouse, Lisa Gill, and the owner of Mojo's Catering and Restaurant, Mo Clack. So welcome hey. to the uh, to the podcast, people. Hey, so the big thing that we're talking about is this clam chowder fest, or cook-off coming up, Kim. So how how did this all come about? Uh, well, one day there was a, a few of us and we were kind of talking about clam chowder and whose clam chowder was the best. Everyone was kind of been like, oh, the best clam chowder, best one. We can't all have the best clam chowder. So we all kind of got started talking and stuff. And um, actually, George from TJ's, he had went and tried out a couple of them and he couldn't decide who he liked better. <laughs> so we kind of came up with the idea that we did them side by side and... Clam chowder cook-off. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to give each of you guys the floor, and you tell me why you think your clam chowder is the best. So Kim, go ahead and kind of, I don't want like, to have you tell the secret, but maybe why you think your clam chowder is the best. Well, funny thing is, I don't even like clam chowder. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, I've been told it, like, by so many of our customers. I've had people tell me, oh, I don't have to go to the Splash Cafe. I've been told it's the best chowder in town. I've been told that it's, it's honestly just from what my customers have said. And my husband. <laughs> <laughs> my husband's a good clam chowder fan, but that's it. Lisa, why, why is your clam chowder the best? Well, so mine is the best because it's a... It is a family recipe, not my family, but one of my prep cook's family recipe, and she takes great pride in it, and it's uh, made with love from the very beginning, um, and I just think we kind of all put a little bit of touches on onto this uh, clam chowder as we, we've um, grown, so it did start off with her recipe, and I think we've all enhanced it. Um, put in our thoughts of what could make it even better um, than it was when it first started off. And kind of like with Kim, the same thing I get my guests come in and they tell us that we have the best clam chowder and the same thing about going to Splash. And <laughs> so and kind of fun fact for me is that I really don't know because I'm definitely allergic to seafood. So <laughs> I love it and I'll make it. <laughs> and I think it looks really good. <laughs> And I'm just told by people that it's good. So, yeah. and we lost Mo. She left the group for some unknown reason. I don't know why, but but that's cool. Um, so we have 500 tickets that we're printed out for this. How are the ticket sales going, Kim? Ticket sales are going really well. We should have like a hard number. I personally have already sold over 100 of them. I've had to kind of grab some from some of the other people and the other contestants so far. Um, but I think that we're going to come close. I don't know. How are you, how are you, how are you doing, Lisa? I'm doing really good too. Sorry, my kids are running in. Uh, I'm doing really good. Uh, they, um, actually after the article in the paper came out this weekend, mm -hmm. I really saw an increase. 
so we had people walking in that were just like, hey, we heard you guys still have tickets, and they walked in. We have, you know, lots of copies of the paper, um, so that that definitely helped uh, drive up sales for us, for sure. So hopefully by the time people listen to this, there are still tickets available, and there are there is a coupon in the Madeira Tribune, so if you cut that out, you save two bucks. And I know Mo, um, she said that she still had a whole bunch of tickets left. Um, because she's a little bit smaller, so she doesn't have as many people coming in. So there are tickets available. Just make sure you check with any of the five restaurants. So the five restaurants competing are Kim's Waffle Spot, um, Lisa's Sugar Pine Smokehouse, Moe's Catering. We have Simply Scrunches out there in the Ranchos. And we also have Backstreet Barn Grill, who Kim says might be the dark horse of it because Stacy is the quiet one of the group. She's been quiet. She's been awful quiet, and nobody's, yeah. tried, nobody's tried her shower. And we all received and I've, I've never had anything from Stacy that I didn't like. And so she's an amazing cook. Yeah, that's awesome. She's so quiet. You gotta watch the quiet yeah. ones. So <laughs> she, is she like the only one? Does she serve clam chowder at her restaurant? Not typically. So is she like the only one that doesn't serve clam chowder on a regular basis? I think so. I'm, I'm not sure if she ever has had it there. I'm, 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 sure, I'm sure she's made it before, but as far as I know, it's not something that's regularly on their menu. So that's, like you said, there's the dark horse right there. Yeah. So here's the other, other question that's been on my mind. So you know you have maybe 500 tickets on, on for Saturday. It's Oh, by the way, it is this Saturday from 3 to 5 at the Waffle Spot on the corner of, I always get those streets messed up. Cleveland and Country Club. So yeah, it's in that parking lot. We'll have the social distancing available. You could walk up and get get it, or you could drive through. Um, you pay ten dollars as a ticket, and you can get a four ounce cup from each of the five restaurants. So you get twenty ounces for ten bucks, which is a great deal. And then you also have a chance to purchase clam chowder from the each individual restaurants if you'd like. Um, if you want to wait to find out who the winner is and get there, you can. Or you could be like me, and I'll probably end up buying off one from each of them and being good like that, too. Yeah. Um, so the question I have is, how long is it going to take to cook all this clam chowder? You said 16 gallons worth of clam chowder. If we sell all 500 tickets, it's 16 gallons. Yes. And my my, my cook's like, wait, it's starting to like come together. Like, how much 16 gallons really is? It's like... I need a bigger whisk. <laughs> so tomorrow I have to go to like Crisco and get like a big whisk for them because it's a big, it's larger amounts than what we typically make. So, so Lisa, yeah, how early is this going to have to, I know it starts at three, so when does the preparation or when does the cooking get started for this? We'll probably start pretty early. We get there about six six thirty on Saturday mornings, and they'll probably we have our girls coming in just to do the clam chowder that morning, so <laughs> they'll probably start it pretty early. <laughs> well, I mean, I can imagine sixteen gallons. That's that's a lot of clam chowder. But you know, the other thing that this is good is it it gives you guys exposure, a lot of exposure through me, us, and the media as well. But just letting people know that you guys are out there and still serving. How has been the customer response to this cook-off and and the response then for the restaurants? You can go ahead and go first. Oh, they're super excited. The customers, public, and people are coming in just to buy the clown shower tickets. Not even necessarily like people I, I recognize as like usual customers. <laughs> people are super excited just to get out of the house, something to do. 
still maintaining social distancing and still being, you know, following all the proper protocols and stuff. It's just something to do fun in town that you can bring the whole family. Nice. And Lisa, have you seen like an uptick in walk-ins just to buy tickets or people yes, coming yes. to buy your clam chowder? Yeah, we have. We've, uh, and it's been a lot of chatter this weekend. I noticed a little bit more than before. Um, and it's been kind of fun because some of my regulars are talking about, oh, I got to get my tickets. And I try to pull them out and say, I have them right here. And they said, oh, no, we, I've got to go get them from over here. So, <laughs> I yeah, and I'm like, wait a minute. But I forget their regulars at a few places. But, um, yeah, we've definitely seen some more people come through. And it's it's been fun to hear the um the conversation with people wanting to see what's next. I think it's been fun, just something to bring our community together. Mm-hmm. Um, not just focusing on everything that's wrong going on, you know, right now, but just focusing on a little bit of fun has been nice. What, what I what I think about this is this opens up the possibility of like we were talking about chili verde cook-off or chili cook-off or just something to bring all these restaurants together. Yes. That's definitely in the works. We, both of those are definitely. I think it'd be really fun with like the Chili Bear Day too, because mm-hmm. then we could bring other styles of restaurants yeah. into the mix and just get us all familiar with each other and and for us to all learn we're all on the same same playing field. We could you know all support one another. The biggest thing that I took out of watching you guys, especially when we took the picture last week was how you guys get along with each other. It's not like a doggy dog world. It's more like we are supporting you. Like like Lisa even brought bread to give to Ray at the scrunchies because he was out of bread or was low on the order. That's really neat to see you guys come together and support each other. Has it always been that way or is it kind of is that me thinking differently or has it always been kind of like that way? Um, I, I just opened in June, so I can only speak for, you know, since I've been open, me and Lisa have been friendly for, for, for a while, and I've known Stacy. Um, I've just met Mo here in the last few months, um, but it's just, we, we need each other. We, like, with everything going on with COVID and everything, like, we need each other, and I would rather any of my customers go eat at Lisa's spot than go to Fresno, and exactly. that's what it's been. It's like Madeira Strong, like, let's keep it in Madeira and just build each other up like there's no reason to tear each other down there's just we need each other especially strong women we're all you know we're all females strong business owners like why fight like we're not in high school (laughs) we're all grown and lisa so how has been like the support of all the other or not all the other but the other restaurant owners in the area it's been really good um i think that um you know, I guess if you had to find something positive that happened through all this, it would be that we've all kind of come together. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, anytime, uh, like Lorraine Salazar with um, Sal's, you know, she's really helped mentor me through a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of this, it brought her into my life, and, and it's been a great connection. And I feel, you know, Kim was the one. She used to always say, there's plenty of business in this town for all of us. And we all just need to get along and, and support each other. And I think once we all realize that, it, it's it's made a difference. I think it's really cool how this kind of came together with that Madeira to Go Facebook page. That's had, what, 30, 34,000 or 3,400 people now. Yeah. Um, by having that, too, has also really helped an uptick in business as well. 
for sure. There's so many places that didn't know I existed because, you know, we're all really kind of tucked in the corner. Yeah, people didn't know that country. People, it, and people came in there a couple of times and they're like, you changed the name? Yes. But <laughs> 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 people just didn't even know we were there, that we were open, anything. The Madeira to go page definitely helped out my. I think Personally. it kind of helped spark this little kind of travel debate too. You guys all got together for that. I know for that photo, maybe you guys started yeah. arguing right there. Yeah. That's yeah, that's where that's pretty much where the I guess the idea was spawned. So once again, it's Saturday at the Waffle Spot, three to five. Get your tickets because they're going to sell out. Get them before. Get them before because we yeah. we don't want to sell them. Um, they want to just be serving prime chowder. And having people, so when they get their clam chowder, they get their five five cups, they're going to be given a ticket to put in a bucket to signify which number things they have, right? Yeah. So basically, it's first, second, third, bragging rights are on for the city who's got the best clam chowder. Exactly. So good luck to Kim, good luck to Lisa, good luck to everybody else. Thank you for joining us today. It's great to have you. And once again, thank you to Kim Prater, owner of the, the Waffle Spot, and of course, Lisa Gill, general manager of Sugar Pine Smokehouse, for joining us on today's uh, Madeira Tribune podcast. And of course, like Tyler mentioned, the uh, Clam Chowder Cook-Off is happening this Saturday, uh, starting at 2 p.m., so make sure you have your tickets and you go check that out. Now, it's actually at 3 p.m. It's at 3 p.m. And the next, it's at the, the Waffle Spot over there on the corner of Country Club in Cleveland. So come on out, get your tickets early because they don't plan on selling them on the day of the event. Right. And another note, and I think Kim had mentioned this, um, you know, it's best to get those tickets as soon as possible just so they have a better idea of how much clam chowder to make. So we want to make sure that they have enough for everyone that ends up uh, joining that event. Like we were saying, 16 gallons is a lot of clam chowder. (laughs) That's a lot of clam chowder. Um, So... Last uh, podcast, we spoke to uh, Councilwoman Anita Evans, and she was explaining to us uh, her Black History Month event that went on you know, just the other day. Now, you were there, Tyler. Can you talk about you know that event, what happened? It was a really nice event to be at. The, the weather was perfect. I mean, you couldn't ask for a better day, but they were all there to celebrate the one, uh, 101-year-old Lucille Murphy, the oldest living um african-american um, resident in madera so all her a lot of her kids and grandkids and family members were out in celebration of this and it was a really nice event but it also kind of opened up my eyes to see what the african-americans kind of have to deal with and it's really interesting to kind of see it through a different set of eyes but uh, it was really neat um, and you, Evans, uh, the Madeira City Councilwoman, was kind of like the chair of the event. But it was a really good good time. Yeah, and it, I mean, I'm looking at, you know, the photo on the front page of the paper here. And, um, you know, it just seems like a great community event. And, you know, like you mentioned, it looks like, you know, Anita Evans did a great job putting that event together. And I'm sure, at least from the conversation we had with her, yeah, these type of events will happen more frequently within the city of Madeira. What was really nice is they had representatives from Anna Caballero's office to give Lucille Murphy a proclamation. Also, Assemblyman, um, Assemblyman Gray and Congressman Costa also sent proclamations. However, the surprising thing is 
on top of all those proclamations, the those those people from um, Caballero's office, from um, from Gray's office, and from Cuss's also gave a proclamation to Anita Evans for the first African American woman on the Madera City Council. So that was really neat to see. Oh, that's incredible, and. You know, it just goes to, I guess, add another layer of intrigue in terms of the event. I mean, celebrating, you know, Black History Month, celebrating, you know, a Madeira community member, and of course, a celebration in a way for Anita Evans. I mean, that's a great accomplishment. What was really neat to see is, yeah, also don't want to forget Alicia Gonzalez, um, from, or Leticia Gonzalez, the new Madeira County Board of Supervisor, also gave a proclamation. But basically, they told Anita that she by doing this was part of Madeira's black history. So that was really neat to see. Definitely. That's um, a great proclamation and uh, I'm glad she's getting that recognition. And so another piece of news that came out last week was our own Madeira mayor, the new Madeira mayor, Santos Garcia got COVID, COVID earlier this month. And he kind of explained his ordeal in our Saturday edition of the Madeira Tribune. And, you know, he basically, in, in so many words, basically said he wouldn't wish this on anybody. He was, he said he was in the fetal position for hours in bed. It was so bad. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I read the, the story and, um, you know, I think, you know, Mayor Garcia is, well, at least, you know, he gave us, you know, a really, you know, detailed example of, you know, what could happen, you know, to you. And, uh, you know, I'm sure a lot of community members saw that story and, you know, took it maybe a little bit more serious. And, you know, just, just a photo of Santos uh, wearing his mask and things like that. So you can tell he takes it seriously. And, I mean, you know, like you mentioned, how the, the toll it took on him. And, I mean, it sounded like he was taking everything, you know, all the precautions, you know, safely as well. Here's, here's the funny story to go with that. So he was saying... He basically felt it on the night of the city council meeting on February 3rd. That same day, I interviewed him for a story that we're working on just earlier that morning. So it's kind of a little coincidence that that happened on the same day that I interviewed him. So I thought that was interesting. But we want to let the record state that he's doing fine. Um, he's been trying to isolate and quarantine himself. So he's even saying that. You know, he's done everything he could, but he's still got it. So you still have to be careful out there. He's doing fine. He's regaining his strength, but he's doing a lot of stuff on Zoom and from home. Well, that's good to hear that. You know, he's on the path of recovery. And, um, you know, like we touched on, it's a vital lesson for, um, you know, other community members to take it serious, wear your mask, things like that. Now, we also have, you know, a lot of other things going on in the city of Madeira. Um, a Madeira graduate by the name of Ian Wheeland. Ian Wheeland. Um, he's actually has some some good news or some some big news coming up here. Well, Wheeland is a 2003 graduate of Madeira High School. He's going to present a case, or his case is going to be presented before the United States Supreme Court. So that's a pretty cool accomplishment for somebody in the the law. <laughs> Being a lawyer is kind of the the pinnacle of what you can do. So that's really neat for him. He's going to, his case is going to be heard somewhere in March and he's still not sure if they're going to do it by zoom or over a closed circuit TV, or if they're able to going to be able to go and visit. Well, regardless, you know, it's, um, 
I'm sure a big accomplishment for him. A lot of community members, I'm sure, are proud of him. And I think you had mentioned this before when we were kind of speaking about the podcast. You know, he's got a father that, um, you know, a lot of people know. Here well, yeah, of course. He's he's the, the son of Judge, Madera County retired Judge um, Chuck Wheelan, who was a frequent contributor to the Madera Tribune with his letters and everything like that. So he's following his dad's footsteps, although he started off in politics and realized that wasn't his game. So he went to uh, to being a lawyer and everything's turned out rosy for him. He, he said he enjoys it. And uh, you know what? I love catching up with former Madera kids. Um, Madera, Madera South kids, doesn't really matter. Now we got Matilda Torres. And a lot of these kids are athletes, kids that I used to cover. So it's really neat to be able to find out what they're doing. I got a really neat story about another grad coming out in the Saturday edition. Um, she's doing a great job. And is basically, she's got a career of one of those, quote, mythical jobs. Like you say you want to be a rocket scientist. You know, it's like, yeah, whatever. Or you want to be a model. You're like, yeah, whatever, right? So she's got one of those mythical jobs that people say she wanted to do this. And people are like, yeah, whatever. But she's doing it. Well, uh, I can't wait to find out exactly what she's doing. And you know, I'm sure we'll speak more about that on our next podcast here. But um, I know you mentioned that we have some other things going on here in Madera. Well, the one thing that you're excited about being a sports guy just like me, you got sports. Mm -hmm. I mean, sports. I mean, Friday. If you were on Madera South at about 3 o'clock, you saw people running around, literally running around because there was a cross-country meet between Madera, Madera South, and Matilda Torres High School. Which is great. You know, I talked to the athletic director from Madera Unified School District, Marty Bitter, and he said, you know, the kids could see um, the, the light at the end of the tunnel. There's a sense of normalcy coming through. So hopefully with everything going on, there's there's even news coming down the pipe that football, football can happen in a matter of a month. And baseball and softball and all these other sports are going. So a little bit surely, things are opening up. So if everybody keeps doing their due diligence, Wear your mask six feet apart and all that kind of stuff. Get your shots. Get your vaccinations. Things can happen. We can return to a sense of normalcy. It sounds like it. And, um, you know, obviously it's just cross country at first. But, you know, like you said, football might be coming back, baseball, softball, things like that. So it seems like this could be a domino effect in a way. So I got a swim meet I'm announcing on Friday. There you go. So, you know, we're hoping and praying that everything follows this you know trage trajectory. And, um, you know, as long as everyone is, you know, following proper guidelines, wearing a mask, things like that, you know, I think uh, we'll see some more sports going on uh, within the city of Madera. Now, <clears throat> we have um, maybe some information on next week's uh, guest on the Madera Tribune podcast. Tyler, do you want to elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, I've, I've gotten in touch or this person got in touch with me. So we're going to have a representative from the Master Gardeners. Coming in, and she's going to tell us. They're going to tell us how to literally make your garden grow. So we're kind of excited about that. Also, this is also going to be the first podcast where we're going to have two guests. So uh, the other guest would be uh, Chris Molina. He's from the Madera American Little League, and they're doing a fundraising effort on March sixth. So he's going to come in and talk about that. And they're also doing signups for the Madera American Little League. Hopefully, they can have a season and things to clear up by the time they get started and we can see things going that rate that down that road. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, that's, you know, great news. And of course, you know, the Madera Tribune podcast is slowly picking up steam here and, you know, bringing more and more community members on. Now, 
for our community members that um, listen to this podcast, if you have any ideas, if you have any tips in terms of what you want to hear, you know, just go ahead and reach out to the Madera Tribune, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can call the office here. You can stop by if you need to. But, um, you know, we're trying to, um, you know, bring all the relevant content and individuals within the community onto the podcast. So um, any tips, anything like that is appreciated. Definitely. All right. Well, I think that is all that we have for this edition of the Madera Tribune podcast sponsored by Pacific Metal Fab. Like Tyler mentioned, we're going to have a couple of guests on the next edition of the podcast. And of course, we'll have an update and a wrap up of the Clam Chowder uh, showdown that's going on this weekend. So um, tune in to the Madera Tribune podcast sponsored by Pacific Metal Fab, and you will get all of the updates and things going on in and around Madera.